Good afternoon, good afternoon, good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of Injured Reserve Podcast with your host, me, myself, and I, Mitchell Anderson. A lot of things to cover uh, this past week, man. A lot of things that's happened. UFC 235, John Jones continues his reign in the light heavyweight division. Uh, Pound for pound, best fighter in the world. Uh, King James and the struggle in LA continues. They're 3-7 in the past 10 games. Kyler Murray projected to go number one overall. Uh, suspect to a few, uh, few sources, according to NFL scouts, this and that, when it comes to the NFL Combine, all according to because of his interview, which is obnoxious and just obscene. But they are judgmental of his size as well. We'll, we'll go into, into depth with that later. But first things first, the Los Angeles Lakers, 11th seed, tied technically, but the tiebreaker goes to the Minnesota Timberwolves in the Western Conference right now, both sitting at 30, 30 and 34. Um, you know, Spurs at an eight seed, Sacramento, uh, they're, still, they're still four games behind San Antonio, so I believe San Antonio will clip that. They'll probably get... At best, they'll get that seven seed, maybe six, if they make a solid stretch towards the end. I mean, that's they, they're 65 games, 27 to go. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, the shambles in uh, L.A. Uh, as far as most of y'all have been watching or maybe possibly covering, maybe as fans or whatever, uh, man, I don't know what it is. Um, like I said before, I think they just need to shut things down. Already, according to numerous sources, that Luke Walton is out in L.A. by the end of the season, and they're looking towards Ty Lue. The thing is, is I, I have to say probably when it comes to the blame and whatnot in the organization, I probably probably 30, 30% LeBron, and, you know, the rest probably be like 30% Magic. And then, you know, a few of the teammates and, and uh, probably like 10, 20% when it comes to the injuries. I understand that. A lot of teams go through the motions when it comes to the injuries, this and that. It happens. But nonetheless, good teams only, you know, go through the motions when it comes to the injuries. And they either stay, you know, keep that stability and consistency. But great teams are able to overcome that and stay able to keep pursuing when it comes to the playoff contention and make a championship run. But either way, man, uh, according to basketball P.I., uh, they L.A. has a better chance to get in a first-round lotto pick or a, a, a first pick in the first round. That's at 2%. Lakers are now sitting at 0.1%. So, you know, like I said, I'd, I'd never thought, to be honest with you, come around Christmas break, they're sitting at a 4-5th seed in the Western Conference. Everything was solid, right? Lonzo Ball gets hurt, you know, and he's been pretty pivotal, uh, pretty solid piece to their defense right he goes down and then you know there's kind of distractions here and there for the trade deadline Anthony Davis and then LeBron's talking about it on his show on HBO on the shop and then Magic Johnson's telling other players you know hey get over it you know this is part of the business I get that and yeah he's right to a certain extent but nonetheless Man, these guys, people forget these guys are human beings. So they're going through these emotions like, am I, you know, wake up to a text or whatever, a report that I'm going to Utah or New Orleans or whatever, some random team that I don't even know. Do I have to start packing my things and going? So the team had to deal with that kind of just unnecessary drama and 
all that anxiety. And, you know, who knows? You know, this the solid part, the only thing that I've seen so far that's really been underrated for that team when it comes to all, all the players is Josh Hart. Josh Hart may not have all the best stats in the world on that team, but, man, so far he's the... The hardest player, hardest worker on that team right now. That's even including LeBron James. LeBron looks like he, you know, these past three games, he's just kind of quit. Um, I don't want to use that term, but it just, it, you could just tell by the chemistry and the, the body language on the court, just the team just seems out of, out of funk. They, they're just not there just mentally. They're there physically, you know, and they're playing, but it's just, they're just, yeah, whatever, you know. So I think, like I said before, um, it's time to shut things down with uh, LeBron James in L.A. You know, I think they're going to start reducing his minutes instead of playing 35, 40. I think he'll play maybe 30, 25, 30. You know what I mean? And um, fourth quarter, he probably won't even play. But who knows? It's up to LeBron, though. I mean, if he wants to finish the season strong, okay, kudos to him. Either way, uh, by tonight, uh, they have a game. And uh, he'll pass Michael Jordan on the fourth all-time scoring list. They they take on the Denver Nuggets tonight, so that that's going to be a struggle for them because Denver's no pushover. And these last couple of games, man, the remaining schedules does not look solid for them. They got Denver, Boston, Chicago should be solid, should be an easy win. Then you got Toronto, Detroit. They're still fighting for playoff contention, so we, that could go either way. New York, they they already called it quits on their season when they traded Porzingis. They're clearing out cap space and hopefully to pick up Kevin Durant, maybe Kawhi or Kyrie Irving, um, or possibly Kemba Walker. Come the off season, they, then you got the Bucks and uh, that it just this the schedule just doesn't get any easier for LA and it's just you know it's it's over with. So with that being said. The uh, LA just gonna, you know, this they got to see the, the LA fans got to see what they got. The 34 year old LeBron James, they're like, all right, this is what we got to work with. Is let's see what he can do. And Western Conference ain't no joke to him. His first year in the Western Conference, and I mean, man, if he was in the Eastern Conference, we'd be having a different, you know, different discussion. You know what I mean? I mean, hell, he'd be sitting at an eight seed right now if he was in the Eastern Conference in LA. Um, the Hornets are at 29-34. A sixth seed is Detroit, 31-31. and um, So, in just uh, two weeks ago, Detroit was at, at like an eight seed. So, they've been, you know, they've been pretty solid the last ten games. They're eight and two. But Eastern Conference, different discussion, but the same net. Um, so, yeah, this is going to be interesting uh, how things develop over the offseason, how things are going to start, um, you know, it's basically come down to LeBron James and Magic Johnson. Uh, Magic's going to listen to LeBron. This is who I want. This is you know, the pieces that we can fix to uh, you know, make a run for a title contention. But I think at the same time, you know, Magic is also thinking towards the future. I think, honestly, LeBron James has two years left. Uh, by 36, uh, he'll call it quits. But I don't think he will. And I think it's going to come to the point where 37... And 38, LeBron, uh, it's going to start coming off the bench. You know what I mean? Because uh, Father Time is undefeated. It showed this year. It's finally starting to show up on him. He's he's out of gas. Um, he usually, you know, he, he doesn't play defense anymore. I haven't seen that in the past five years. And he, he 
in the Easter Conference, he could do that. And he could turn things up come playoffs because, you know, he was just allowed to do that. Easter Conference was easier. Um, but, you know, this is where he has to go balls to the wall, pedal to the metal, if they even want to have a shot at an eight seed. But like I said, they have a 0.1% chance of making the playoffs core in the uh, basketball PI. Uh, and a better chance of getting a first first pick in the first round of the NBA draft. But uh, it's just, I don't know, man. Uh, LA's got some work to do in the offseason. They got a lot, a lot of work to do, a lot of transactions. It's going to be interesting how Magic Johnson and LeBron develop this. And um, right now, even the crazy thing is, even according to a lot of diehard Laker fans, they're, you know, you don't, you don't hear people say it, but you can just see it in a lot of analysis as well. You know, they're going to say this is making Kobe Bryant look uh, just as good, if not better, than, you know, when it comes to the comparison of him and LeBron James. Everyone likes to make that comparison, a 34-year-old LeBron versus a 34-year-old Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant, you know, willed his team at the age of 34 before, you know, the final two games of the season left. Uh, he tore his Achilles, and they finished the season somewhere around like 48 and 34, you know, and he was out for the year, and they got swept in the first round. But, uh, yeah, this is this is going to be interesting, you know what I mean? So, and uh, who knows? It's uh, I'm really intrigued on how this, uh, this summer is going to turn out for L.A., um, I don't know. Hell, I mean, the Clippers, they're they are sitting solid. You know, 37-29. And um, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm really intrigued. You know what I mean? So, but with LeBron James, uh, like I said before, just, you know, man, just uh, cut it out. You know, rest your body. Enjoy the offseason. It's the first time he's missed the offseason in, what, 14 seasons? So, Take some rest, recuperate your body, do whatever you got to do, go in the hyperbolic time chamber or whatever it may be, you know, come back stronger and uh, hopefully uh, try not to get so much drama in L.A. You know, ever since he's been out to L.A., he's been a lot to do a fame here and there with the with the shop on HBO, doing a, a sequel to Space Jam, Space Jam 2, and, uh, you know, a whole bunch of other stuff. Um, but either way... Um, they uh, Magic Johnson, he's got his work cut out for him as a GM in L.A. Hopefully uh, he can deliver for LeBron James make that title run. But like I said, he's he's thinking long-term too. Yeah, He's got two good solid years with LeBron, and then after that, you know what I mean? They, they got to think forward, so they got to not – they can't trade the whole boat because they got a boatload of full, uh, young players. So – they got to think for the future and not, you know, instead of now, you know what I mean? Instead of a year or two, because the Western Conference ain't no, it ain't no slump. But uh, with that being said, this is Injured Reserve Podcast, and I'll be back with you shortly. Welcome back. This is Injured Preserve Podcast. So UFC 235 um, happened this past weekend at T-Mobile Arena uh, down in Nevada. And um, John Jones uh, still practically undefeated, defeated Anthony Smith, unanimous decision. Uh, 
Kamara Usman, uh, probably the most, uh, one of the most impressive uh, fights of the night. Uh, defeated Tyron Woodley, who was the reigning welterweight champion by unanimous decision. He actually did a really good job. Uh, he just, you know, he just, every, he looked better than, you know, uh, Woodley's been known for his wrestling, but even Usman was able to, you know, outgrapple him when, when it came to that particular area of wrestling. Uh, his, his defense was phenomenal, and he, he just, you know, he outlanded the punches on the stand-up and was the better wrestler. And, uh, you know, kudos to Tyron Woodley, you know, always humbled, nice dude. Uh, solid welterweight run, about four or five welterweight defenses. So that's just off the top of my head. Uh, don't quote me on that. Uh, then uh, the what everyone was hoping for, the big uh, debut for Ben Askren. For those who don't know, Ben Askren has been a pretty solid uh, product. Uh, pro, excuse me, a a prospect for the UFC. He's always been, you know, just been doing his own thing, making a name for himself, and de- defeating a lot of, uh, you know known fighters uh in the uh, in the welterweight division you know uh before the ufc he's been known to fight in bellator and one championship other uh brands and promotions and uh man he's he's beaten shania uh, aoki for those who don't know shania aoki is a japanese legend and very phenomenal fighter uh man he his experience is best known for probably uh probably submission uh, like I said, I'm kind of going off the top of my head here, so I apologize. But either way, uh, the whole controversy, that was probably the most controversial fight of the night. Uh, him and Robbie Lawler, Robbie Lawler looked great, first of all. He was, man, he was jacked. He was solid at the weigh-ins. He looked great at fight night. You know, he's moved around. He's faster than I've seen him than probably any of the other fights I've seen him, including his championship fights. And, man, he was out striking Ben, all this and that, was just faster. And then he was slamming Ben, slammed him on the ground. And then when he he gave up a position and Ben Askren went for a choke, what they call it a a bulldog choke, basically just a simple choke hold, like you got someone towards the side of you on your body. And this is where the controversy came in. First round and... It was iffy because uh, it wasn't sure. Like it, people weren't sure, they couldn't really see. It was near the cage, so it was hard to get a solid preview of you, even coming from the camera cameraman's perspective. And Herb Dean was the referee; he was the officiator, and he's always been a great officiator. He, he's never made a bad call in his life, really, in his entire career. And um, Ben Askren has him in this chokehold, and you see for a second Robbie Lars, uh, his arm just goes numb, right? Just goes limp. It's like, all right. My, my, my assumption, everyone else, I think, even Joe Rogan called it when I, while he's commentating the fight, he's like, oh, he's out. That's it. So Ben lets go of the choke. Herb Dean steps in and Robbie Lawler's like, what's going on? So people are like, was he really out? What did his arm, you know, he couldn't really tell. And like I said, it was, it, it was a centric angle. And, you know, a lot of people said, Robbie said he was good. Ben Askren said he was out. He said once he locked in the choke, um, you know, he said, he said uh, you know, his arm went numb. And as soon as Herbs said, stop, 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 uh, as he's about to uh, intervene, uh, then Robbie woke up and Ben, as, as soon as Ben let go. So I don't know. And it it is supposedly possible, like, you can choke someone out within... 
and, you know, put them to sleep for like a second or two and they'll wake back up. And I've seen it happen once before in my life, but it wasn't that fast. I've seen someone get choked out, but they'll wake back up like four or five seconds later. This was like a second or two. So this was really quick. This was, you know, just like that. So, you know, I don't know. It's iffy. You know, Dana White, the UFC president, said that he's going to do a rematch. Ben says he passes. He wants to move on. And so I don't know. You know, either way, um, solid fight between both fighters. And kudos to Robbie Lahr because he wasn't, you know, he wasn't mad. He was just like, eh, you know, it happens, you know. And Herbert Dean, like I said, he's probably the best referee the UFC has. And so it's just it, kudos to him for being humbled. He's like, eh, you know what? It happens. So he wasn't mad. He wasn't pissed or anything of that nature. So, you know, good uh, good for him. And uh, so who knows? Uh, solid debut for Ben Askren. This was his first fight in uh, almost, uh, God, probably, yeah, almost a year and a half. That's a little bit of a stretch, but almost a year and a half. His last fight was back in November of 2017. When he defended his welterweight championship against Shania Oki uh, in Singapore. But um, either way, um, pay-per-view not that is not, you know, there wasn't a lot of fireworks though. And I kind of expected that with the, between Usman and Woodley though. Because Woodley's, he's never been one of those fighters that's, you know, that's the ooze and ahs. Um, a lot of his fights end in unanimous decision. He's just, he's, he's a strategic fighter and there's nothing wrong with that. He's a smart fighter. You know what I mean? So he had a solid, congrats to him. He had a solid uh, welterweight run um, defending the belt. Uh, let's see, one, two, three, four. So four times. All right. So, and before, you know, giving it up to Usman. So uh, he had a solid, you know, three year run basically in the welterweight championship. He self proclaims to be the greatest welterweight of all time. That, I get it. It's him, you know, you know, just putting his name out there. And I, I understand that, but. It's just, uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, when I think welterweight di- division in the UFC, I think of George St. Pierre, the man that just retired. So that's just my my gist of it. But uh, either way, uh, he's definitely one of the greatest welterweights to ever fight. No doubt about that. So we'll see where he goes from there. Uh, and uh, yeah, Usman, uh, solid performance by him. He he moves up now. He's 15-1. and one. And uh, who knows, his, his last loss was literally his second fight that, that was back in 2013. So uh, either way, good for him. And um, yeah, I don't know. And like I said, the, the controversy of Ben Askren and Robbie Lahr, that's, that's up to y'all. Uh, you can look it up. Uh, that, that was trending pretty much after that fight on uh, Twitter. And uh, John Jones, hey, uh, <laughs> This I, I there's this man has no weaknesses like I I don't see like you know what I mean like uh, he's he's 24 one and one and that one loss came by DQ right and then the one no contest came to when he uh, fought Cormier for the second time back in July of 2017 uh, after he uh, tested positive for Tyranibal so. I don't know the whole gist of that and the Nevada Athletic Commission and all that, so I don't know how technical they are. And but um, man, I I don't know like who else this man can. He's beaten everyone in the light heavyweight division. The only way to really it, it can't. It's similar to the Anderson Silva era, right? 
Anderson Silva back back in like 07, 08, you know, the 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 mid 2000s of UFC when UFC was just starting to get hot and start starting to become big. Um Anderson Silva was the guy. He was the poster child of UFC, right? So he's beating all these guys in the middleweight uh middleweight division, uh Chris Lieben, Chael Sonnen, um Vitor Belfort, all these legends, right? And so it comes to a point for some fighters in their career where, you know, they got to, I think, I don't know if they become bored or maybe they just want a bigger challenge. They dominate division for so long, like Silva did. He had, uh, I don't know, like nine consecutive title defenses, uh, defenses, and he decided to move up the light heavyweight. And his first light heavyweight de- debut was against Forrest Griffin, who at that time, Forrest Griffin was a dog. He was a bad man, you know, uh, ultimate fighter, winner, contestant. He was riding high, uh, had solid uh, wins over Rampage Jackson, uh, when it, uh, had that classic war against Stefan Bonner, this and that. So his resume was already cemented. So Silva against Griffin, solid buyout for a pay-per-view, and Man, Silva just made him look like a fool. Made him miss here and there. Hands down. Bobbing and weaving. Knocks him out while he's stepping back and throwing a counterpunch to Forrest Griffin. Knocks him out and breaks his jaw. So it's just, dude, I don't know what else this man can do. And then not only that, but he does another light heavyweight fight against, um, I believe, I think it was Stefan Bonner. I think. I uh, but uh, either way, man, it, like I said, what John Jones is at that peak. He's in this era. He's his own. He's 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 his own man. He's just another level step above everyone else in that division in the rankings. You know, what I mean, that's why he's the best fighter in the world. And say what you want. I know there's the controversies of him failing his drug test, this and that. Either way, hey, that's that's none of my. It's none of my. Uh, you know, business. So I, I don't know how that whole thing works out to this day. He still vouches that he never took anything. So, uh, but man, um, you can't, you can't deny this man's talent and his legacy. I, I, it's just, I don't know. No one has really came close. The last close fight was really probably, you know, the second Cormier fight was solid for the first two rounds. Danielle was talking trash and, you know, he was, he was striking back with them. He wasn't scared. He wasn't tense like the first fight they had. And then, you know, John caught him uh, with a head kick, and the rest was history in that second fight. Uh, the, the, the last, I think the closest fight, uh, the two other fights that were close was uh, Alexander Gustafson back in September of 2013. It won fight of the night, and... Um, you know, that was just a, a straight-up brawl. It was a, man, it was... Uh, for those who don't remember, the, Alex, the first fight between John Jones and Alexander Gustafson was just a straight war. Uh, man, and that really opened the eyes for a lot of people. Like, you know, this dude from, I think, Sweden. Uh, this Alexander Gustafson just uh, came out of nowhere, and his chin was phenomenal. Taking elbows, punches, head kicks... And John, you know, it, it, he went, you could just tell in the, the look on his face, like in disbelief, like I'm throwing everything at this guy and he just won't go down. It went to a decision, unanimous. I thought it should have went split. I thought that was a little harsh, but uh, man, that was a great fight. And then the other fight that was really close 
was uh, none the likes than a um, Vitor Belfort. So uh, eventually he ended up submitting Vitor Belfort back in 2012 and uh, won submission of the night. So this is while he's still in his early days of his uh, light heavyweight championship run. And he's making headlines and he's making his name known. Beating Mauricio Shogun Rua, Ryan Bader, Rampage Jackson, Leonardo Machida, Rashad Evans, his former teammate. You know, riding high. And then Vitor Belfort comes in and almost like, man, I thought the man's arm was broken. He had an arm bar on John Jones that I don't know how to this day John escaped. But he escaped out of that arm bar. And I I can't remember the gist of it, but I think he said he popped his shoulder, uh, John said, but I'm not I'm not sure. But either way, that was the that's probably the only three fights in John's career where he was actually in trouble. But he's fa- he man, he's faced all the adversity, he's had all those wars, and he's beat them all. Uh, he's he's uh the goat talk is real, no doubt about it. He's a phenomenal athlete and a phenomenal fighter. Um, but that being said, uh, he, he, he claims after this, you know, this last fight against Anthony Smith that he wants, you know, he wants to fight with Brock Lesnar and Dana White said, it's not going to happen, but man, I don't see like, like I said, John, he needs to move up and wait. Like, I don't, there's nothing left for him in the division. There isn't. So it's just a Brock, either a Brock Lesnar or him and Daniel Cormier three for Cormier's heavyweight belt. That's the only way, because Daniel Cormier's on his way out. I think he's like 40 now. That's the only thing that makes sense. It's the only thing you want a solid big pay-per-view buyout. That's what's gonna be it. Lesnar, Lesnar, Cor- or Jones for heavyweight, or Jones versus Daniel Cormier in his heavyweight. So I don't know. And uh, and then, but uh, to take all that, Anthony Smith, he he looked okay, but he looked he he looked stiff in that fight. Uh, he looked hesitant. He said he claimed after the fight. He said he's like, you know what? It it was nothing really special. You know, he just he didn't. You know, he didn't have no. I guess uh, had no initiative in that fight. I guess he was just stiff and kind of nervous. But he said he felt fine the entire fight. He didn't feel intimidated. Uh, he said he still feels that he can beat John. So, but that was on the side of Anthony Smith, and those were just a few of his comments he made post-fight interview. But um, yeah, I don't know. But John is a man. There's he's a bad he's a bad man. He's a bad man. It's oh, it's it's crazy. It's it's wild. But uh, with that being said, I'm gonna take a quick little break, and you are listening to Injured Reserve Podcast. Welcome back to Engine Reserve Podcast. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, projections so far for the NFL draft, uh, which is in, until April. Uh, a lot of people are projecting that Kyler Murray is going to be the first overall pick, the number one everything with the Arizona Cardinals. Supposedly, I guess, you know, the whole Josh Rosen thing didn't turn out to be as well as they thought it would be. Um, 
it's um, and the reports are coming out that you know at this at this combine that the interviews with him weren't you know as positive this and that you know and I find that just to be you know just I don't know it's just stubborn you know I mean it's um he's a young kid right he's only what maybe he's only barely 21 um he's a he's won three state titles when he in high school in Texas um man all-american Heisman Trophy winner player of the year big 12 offensive player of the year first team all big 12 you know all of that and I think People who vote for him, like his former coach back at Texas A&M was Kyler Cliff, Clim, Cliffsbury. And he, he knows him very well. And he vouched for him that he's a great kid. He's a great young man. So if anything, if I'm a scouter for the NFL, I'm going to listen to the coach that's actually knows someone that's had, a, you know, uh, a hand in talking to him face to face. And so he, he vouched that he was going to declare for the NFL draft. He could have gone pro. He did get selected by the Oakland Athletics, <clears throat> excuse me, in the MLB draft, uh, where you know he's, he, I believe he was a pitcher, and then in high school he played a second baseman, and shortstop. All of this, uh, just phenomenal, great, uh, talented kid. Uh, he went to Texas A&M, where he, he, uh, Kyler Cliffsbury was at the time before he left. Then he transferred to that out 2016 because of you know college football rules. Then we transferred to Oklahoma. Was the back of Baker Mayfield, and um, you know he went there, and then the rest is history. You know they they went they um, they won the Rose Bowl, and then they ran into Alabama. And you know he's his senior year was phenomenal, hence why he won the Heisman Trophy, 42 touchdowns, seven picks, 69% completion percentage, which is insane. Um, over 4,000 yards passing, over 1,000 yards rushing, uh, 12 rushing touchdowns. And to do it on that caliber of not only the big stage of the Big 12, but that team that didn't have a defense at all all year, if it wasn't for that that young man, we would not be talking about Oklahoma and losing to Alabama in the Orange Bowl, uh, bar none. You know, Oklahoma would be under 500. You know, they'd be a sinking ship. So to, to have that adversity and just to face all that and almost beat Alabama in 2018 Orange Bowl, they had a shot. They fell just too far behind early in the game. But, uh, you know, a lot of skeptics on, you know, how he is in the interviews, I, I just find that, you know, just ridiculous. I'm going to throw that out the window. If I'm a personal scouter for the NFL draft, you know, if Arizona takes that serious, I'd be eyeing him up, no doubt about it. Um, but uh, they, I, there is worrisome. There is worrisome because he's only 5'10". Uh, supposedly, people are saying he's 5'10", uh, 215. I don't think that is. I think he's more of like 190-ish, somewhere around that area. So um, he's just uh, that's the that's the question for a lot of people, and rightfully so because the quarterback, you know, only 5'10". Most quarterbacks in the league are like what 6'3", 6'4", you know, at at least over. 220, um, but him being 5'10", barely 200 pounds, can hardly see over the line. You know, it's rare that you'll see a Russell Wilson or a Doug Flutie or a Drew Brees. You know what I mean? When they select that type of that type of quarterback, that they'll become very successful. 
So, and I'm not doubting him. I hope he, I hope he does great. I'm rooting for the kid. I hope he has a phenomenal career. It's just gonna, it's gonna be tough. Different, different set of pace. But um, you know, I think, I, I think he's confident enough. It just the question is, can his body take the beating? Yeah, he, he can. He's got flash highlights, this and that, and I'm sure he'll be able to do that in the NFL. But the question is, can his body take that kind of pounding when you have linebackers that are six foot five eleven bowling balls of like 260 ray lewis type you know what i mean or terrell suggs uh, coming at you you know what i mean and you hard, hardly can see over your own linemen who are average size of what six four three twenty so that's what he's got to be able to prepare for nonetheless and then um but yeah uh, i i hope he does great and he uh, i think he will do well and if arizona does take him cool and uh, but there's also reports of uh, somehow him linking up with Antonio Brown, and Antonio Brown is projected to get traded by the end of this week on Friday. You know, in that whole fiasco in Pittsburgh, I already told you all how I feel about that, and I, I got no uh, animosity towards Antonio Brown. You know, as a as a Steelers fan, you know it is what it is. You know, the, the chemistry between him and Big Ben, it just he was over it, and I get it. Business aspect, you want to go somewhere else, cool. I appreciate his time. You know, the nine years that he went, had at Pittsburgh, we had he, we had the best nine years of him. You know, I mean, we got his prime years. Honestly, I think he has probably two, maybe three more solid years uh, of his prime. And then the rest, he's going to be that second slot wideout. Uh, uh, that's if he, he can accept that. The thing is, he, he likes a, he's a big playmaker. He's a Chad Johnson. He's a Terrell Owens. That's the only downfall. I love the guy. I'm a fan of Antonio Brown. Central Michigan alum. You know, that's that's dope. Six-round pick. You know what I mean? Just out of nowhere. Uh, and, uh, you know, to be able to, you know, be that big, you know, to make himself of something. You love the underdog stories, you know, like the Rockies and whatnot. So it's just, I hope... You know, I wish him well. There's there's reports of him possibly going to Oakland. Uh, but like I said, him and Kyler Murray, there's some odd rumor about that. I don't see that happening. Because, you know, a veteran wideout and a rookie quarterback, uh, there's eh, that ain't going to end well. It's going to be like the Dak Prescott and, um, and uh, Des Bryant. You know what I mean? Des Bryant, veteran wideout. Dak Prescott, rookie quarterback. Uh, you know, he wasn't throwing Dez the ball as much as he did when he had Tony Romo at quarterback. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, getting thrown the ball 12, 15 times a game, you know. So it just, you know, if you're open, you're open. <laughs> That's what De- Dak Prescott said. You know what I mean? So um, with that being said, I don't see that happening. There are rumors that supposedly Oakland could be eyeing him up uh, or San Fran. That that was uh, – that's – old news though but possibly San Fran as well I really don't know what's going to happen and the thing is the crazy the crazy turn of events it's I mean it kind of makes sense because you're eyeing up a 30 31 year 31 year old uh wide receiver uh you know I mean with that type of contract that they gave him uh and um and Pitt's looking for a first round pick but I doubt they'll get that they'll probably get a second round pick at best, but they, they're seeing, you know, with Antonio Brown going on the shop on HBO with LeBron and express, expressing, you know, his uh, 
the tension in the locker room with him and Ben and Mike Tomlin, this and that. You know, you got to think at the general managers of other NFL teams looking at this interview and being like, damn, like, uh, he's a high risk, high reward kind of guy. Like, can we take this? Are we able, you know, can it's like, God, he's a phenomenal talent, one of the hardest workers you'll ever get. But it's like, is he going to be worth it? We know he can ball out. We know he can contribute. But is he going to be a virus in the locker room? That's the question. So who knows? You know, in Pittsburgh, they, they have a virus in the locker room already. You know, it, it's uh, with Ben Roethlisberger. I wish Pittsburgh, honestly, my, my personal feelings on that, they need to move on from Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, you know, I mean, it's just, it, uh, I'm over it, to be honest with you. It, he's just as, you know, he's he's dramatic as Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell and a couple other guys in the locker room. He's just as guilty. He lacks accountability. That's what I can't stand about him. He lacks accountability. And I think Antonio Brown, you know, I don't think, I'm, I'm pretty, I know that Antonio Brown was right on him. I, he does point the finger a lot, but you could see it in the post-game interviews. He points the finger like, you need to run this route. You need to do this a little lot. No, you don't say that. You don't say that in the public guy. You know, you know, like Shannon Sharp said it best. You know, when him and John Elway messed up or whatever, you know, when he ran a, a route that was wrong or whatever, you know, they would, you know, they would take accountability of that. Like, hey, my bad. I got you next time. Or same vice versa. As a quarterback, you know, Shannon said if John Elway threw a bad ball or whatever, he, he vouched that. He was a man. He stuck up for that. He's like, I got you. That was my bad. And that's what Ben lacks. I don't get it. It's just, it's frustrating. Someone that, you know, a quarterback like that has been in the league 10 plus years, two Super Bowl titles, you know, I mean, Super Bowl 40 and Super Bowl 43. It's just you would think, you know, uh, you'd be a little bit more humbled and you would learn a bit more, uh, not just about your teammates, but about yourself. And I, I don't know. You, you see Tom Brady or Peyton Manning or um, I'm trying to think of who else, or Russell Wilson. They they take that part. They take that L in the postgame conference. They're like, hey, it was on me. We're going to do better. We got practice. Watch film. You know, get better, better get better, get better, get better every single week they don't point finger and say hey ab should have ran this route and when i threw it did a lot no you don't say that in a post-game interview i mean hell this dude's like what in his late 30s i'm 26 and i even know that you know i mean if i'm a quarterback in the nfl i'm not gonna say anything about that if there's drama and issues in the locker room keep it you know keep it in the lock box lock that thing and just throw away the key you know if people hear rumors of you know there's you know supposedly you know, he arguments or whatever, just be like, next question. That's not your business. Don't worry. It's not that big of a deal. Even even if it is a big deal, you don't say, you know what I mean? So, I don't know. That's why Pittsburgh, you know, Steelers organization is in shambles right now. That's why they missed the playoffs. That's why they were 7-2-1 and two and one at one point in the season and they missed the playoffs. So, and Mike Tomlin has to take part of that as well. His, he's a player's coach, great coach, but he does need to start, you know, uh, laying some ground rules, but uh, I don't know. Uh, it's gonna be interesting where AB goes come uh, come Friday. Supposedly, those are the sources that Friday a deal will be done. Just no one knows when or where. But uh, those are the sources right now. But uh, Kyler Murray, he's gonna be hopefully a phenomenal quarterback uh, despite his size. He he's uh, you know I. 
I don't know. I don't like making comparisons yet because until we've seen him on an actual NFL field. Uh, so I don't want to say he's like a Russell Wilson-esque or Drew Brees-like. You know what I mean? So who knows? Um, we'll, we'll see what happens. And then uh, uh, Tony Brown, like I said, I wish him the best of luck wherever he goes. I just, you know, whatever happens, happens. Best of luck, you know, with that whole ordeal. But either way, it just, you know, it is what it is. And it's a, it's a, uh, it's a tough business. No doubt about it. It's a tough business, especially when you played in a same area for, uh, you know, nine years. You know what I mean? But uh, who, know, who knows? Uh, it's it's going to be interesting. It's, um, uh, I'm going to be intrigued. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just lost for words. And then uh, other NFL news, as of yesterday, uh, Eric, Eric Weidel, Weidel uh, safety for the Baltimore Ravens got cut, actually. So this is going to be interesting for Baltimore. Baltimore made a playoff spot. as you, They won the division as well. Lamar Jackson at their quarterback. So they're making moves. So the question is, are they clearing out cap space for the rest of the younger defensive guys, the offense guys? Are they trying to scheme a better playbook for Lamar Jackson? Uh, you would think, I'm pretty positive, knowing someone along the likes of a coach of John Harbaugh, uh, very intelligent coach, um, Super Bowl champion, all that. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Um I'd be surprised if they let Terrell Suggs go because that's also a solid contract in their defensive end. So I, I, I don't know. Um, I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting with that organization as well. I think, surprisingly enough, if I'm being honest, when it comes to the AFC North division, I think Pitt is third best right now. And honestly, it's it's Baltimore and Cleveland. I know I never thought I'd utter those words, but watch out for Cleveland. Baker Mayfield is for real. He's no joke. The dude likes to play. He's no Johnny Menzel, that's for sure. So, But who knows? He had a great rookie campaign. Sometimes there's a sophomore slump as well. So, um, But either way, Cleveland, a lot of young talent. A lot of young talent. So um, who knows with that? But if I'm being, a, if I'm being honest on everything, uh, hand on Bible, hand to God, whatever you want to call it, Pittsburgh's the third best team in the AFC North, and then you got Cincinnati Bengals. That's just from from you know that's just from my perspective, not just as an analysis or or as a fan. Uh, that's just me being real right now. So uh, I think Lamar Jackson. They got a bright future in Lamar Jackson. If they build that, if they build that team right in the offensive end for him, they're going to be solid for the next ten years. As long as they be able to can stay consistent with that defense as well, because that defense is always phenomenal every single year. They bring the, they bring the pain like Method Man. They they bring everything. They go all out every single game. So, it's never an easy game with Baltimore. Uh, well, with their defense anyhow. So, but uh, I don't know. This past week's been crazy, man. Uh, L.A. UFC 235. This Kyler Murray, Antonio Brown, Eric Weidel. It's our uh, Weddle, or I think that's a better way to pronounce it. And then, um, I don't know, man. It's uh, LA's got Denver tonight. We'll see if they'll stop that three game losing streak. And um, I don't know. It's uh, we'll see. We shall see what happens this upcoming week. But uh, with that being said, I appreciate y'all listening to Inter Reserve Podcast. This is Mitchell Anderson signing off. I hope you have a great day. Stay safe. Stay warm. It's, it's God. It's March. But here in Michigan, for some reason, 
Mother Nature ain't no joke here lately. It is, it is 15 degrees here in Mount Pleasant. It is freezing. I don't know why. With the wind chill, I don't even know. I don't even want to guess what it is. But uh, everyone's on spring break right now, so I hope you are having a great, fun time. I still got online courses, so it don't matter. I don't have spring break. I don't have nothing. So I got to grind out this homework, these essays, this and that. So, But with that being said, I hope you all have a great spring break. If you are, uh, have fun. Be safe. If not, cool. Be safe. Regardless. Again, God bless and have a great day.